And what a great weekend. And I want to continue now the flow of what God's doing here at Higher Vision. And I want to begin this series called Beyond. If you have a Bible, will you turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 3. As you're turning there, a lot of times I like to tell something funny. And I heard a story about this little girl that was sitting on her grandfather's lap. And as she was sitting on his lap, she kept looking at all the wrinkles in his face. And uh, then she began to compare the wrinkles on his face with her face. And she said, Papa, did God make you? And he laughed and said, yes, honey, God made me, but a long time ago. And she said, well, Papa, did God make me? He said, yes, God made you, but it was just a little while ago. She paused for a minute, and then she looked at him with a smile, and she said, Papa, God's getting better at this thing, isn't he? (laughs) Yes, out of the mouth of babes, right? You know, today we're going to talk about beyond, about moving beyond. You know, there are things in life that get us excited. You know, how many here have ever gone to a football game and done the wave? Anybody done the wave at a football game? Let me ask this question. How many of you are here or joining us online and you've never done the wave or you've never seen the wave? Let me see your hand. Anybody? Okay, we have a few. All right, so guess what? You're going to experience it right now. Here we go. On the count of three. You know what the wave is, right? We're going to start on this side. Come on, all in. Help me out. I want even all our, our church family in Seattle, Vegas, Denver, the Czech Republic, Sweden, Latvia, Houston, San Diego, England. Can we hear a, a big hello to all of our church family online? Okay. You do it with us. Ready to wave right here. One, two, three. Ready? One, two, three. Go. All right. Did you, did you notice the wave got better as it went? It got louder? So come on, guys, not just stand, but some noise. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Let me hear you. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Some of you are like, what is he doing? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. We get excited about things like sports, and but have you ever thought about what God gets excited about? Did you know the Bible tells us what God gets excited about? The Bible says in, in Luke chapter 15, that when just one sinner repents, all of heaven does the wave. All of heaven rejoices. God gets excited. In fact, Jesus, here's what he said. He said, listen, when the disciples were coming back from doing ministry, remember he had sent them out, and when they came back, they were all pumped up because miracles were happening and because the spirits were subject to them. And what did Jesus say? He said, hey, listen, It's great that the spirits are subject to you. It's great that there's miracles. But let me tell you what you need to get excited about, that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to tell you something. God gets excited about the lost. And today what I want to do is we've been, you know, focusing on the well, on going deeper, diving into the things of the Spirit. Today I want to kind of carry on that theme with what Jesus had to say about this moving of the Holy Spirit and its purpose in our life. Anybody want to know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is in our lives? All right, so we're going to go beyond. The way we're going to do that is I want to read a passage of Scripture. Will you stand to your feet as we honor the reading of God's Word? We're going to read Acts chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 3. Now, I'm going to read the first part, but when I get to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I want you to join me and read it out loud, okay? So they're going to bring that up on the screen, and here's what it says. Jesus has died, he's risen again, and now he's back with the disciples. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. Verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, 
Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They start asking him all these questions. And then he replied, listen, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. Now let's continue reading what Jesus said in verse 8. Everyone join me. Ready? Here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now let me finish reading. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here, staring into heaven? Jesus will be taken from you into heaven, or Jesus has been taken to you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit. We just welcome your presence here now. Will you just do that? Open your heart and welcome the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. I pray that you'd speak boldly through my words today, that I would decrease and you would increase, and that you would teach us this next step and what it means to move beyond. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to move beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus' last words on earth before he went into heaven was simply this. Be a witness and go beyond. What do you mean? Well, basically what he tells us is he said, listen, you're going to be given the Spirit. Go back to Jerusalem. You're going to be, you're going to be receiving the gift of the Spirit, and here's why you're getting it. So that you'll have the power... To witness. This whole thing we've been talking about, the Holy Spirit, it's there to give us the power to witness and to move beyond. Not, don't just keep it to yourself. Don't just keep it in Jerusalem, but move beyond Jerusalem to Judea. Take it to the region you're in. And don't just stay where you are in the region. Move beyond that to Samaria. And don't just stay in Samaria, but move beyond that to the ends of the world. Do you realize that Jesus' last words, we see it in Matthew chapter uh, 12, I think it is, when Jesus tells them, go into all the world, actually 26, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He basically says, at the end, you need to know the Spirit has come to move you beyond to be a witness. So what I want to do today is I want to kind of break that down. In fact, if you look at the book of Acts, that's what happened. The first seven chapters, they're in Jerusalem. Chapter 8, they move beyond that to Samaria. 9 through 26, they move beyond that to the world. So we're going to take a look at the book of Acts over the next two weeks. And you know, we're going to culminate this series next Sunday night with the missions banquet. And I want to invite you to go online and register because we want you to come and be a part. Free food, Listen, come and join us so you can hear all the things God's doing through missions here at Higher Vision Church and how you can be a part, all right? So I'm going to give you how this passage we read today, it really relates to you and I. Because we read something like that where Jesus says, hey, go back to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit's going to come, it's going to give you a power to be a witness. Well, that was for the disciples. How does it relate to me? Well, let me give you two points today. You ready? Grab your notes. I want you to write point number one down. Here's point number one. God wants us to move beyond our questions. 
Move beyond our questions. Will you say that with me, everybody? Move beyond our questions. If you read the passage, here's what happens. The disciples are caught up looking at Jesus as he's gone into heaven. But I think the reason they're looking is not just because they're amazed that he, you know, he, he went into heaven. I think they were there because they still had questions. Remember, the last thing they said to him is, what's going to happen? When are you going to restore your kingdom? And Jesus basically says, listen, you're never going to know all of the answers. Only the Father knows the answers. And so they're standing there caught up in their questions, wondering what are we supposed to do? What? And what happens? God has to send a couple angels to say, hey, guys, hello, McFly. Why are you still here caught up in your questions? You know, we all have questions. I don't know about you, but I have questions. I, I know that I don't, they might feel like they don't have very many answers. How many have questions about things? Maybe your questions are why do, to, do bad things happen to good people? Maybe the question you have is why, why would God allow cancer and allow someone to be taken way before they should go when they could be raising their children? Maybe you're wondering why is there evil? Why is there poverty? And you know what? Sometimes we have all of these questions and because of these questions, what it does is it freezes us into the position we're in. And because of that, we never take a step. You, maybe your mentality is, well, you know, Pastor Jared, I would love to witness and tell people about Jesus, but I don't have a lot of answers. You know, I, I don't have a degree in theology. I haven't gone through that higher living course that Pastor Wayman teaches. I haven't done the HV discipleship that Pastor James and the team lead. I don't have all the answers, so I can't be a witness because I'm not an expert. I, don't, I, don't, I have questions myself. So what do we do when we have questions? Well, let me tell you what I think Jesus was saying. When you have questions, here's the first thing. Write it down, simple. Be a witness. Hello, Pastor Jared, we're just talking about this. Be a witness. How can I be a witness when I don't have all the answers? Well, let's take a look at what the word witness means in the Bible. The word in Acts, witness, is a Greek word, and here's what it means. It's the word martus, and it means martyr, but what it means is to be a witness judicially or to go on record. So let me explain it this way. Let's say that you were somewhere at a bank getting some money out of the bank, and what happened? Someone came in and robbed the bank and hurt someone. You were there, and when the thing was over, they had a trial to try to convict the people that they thought were responsible, and they sent you a subpoena to make you a witness. Now, here's what's interesting. They're not going to qualify you as a witness based on whether you have a, a, a doctor's degree in criminology. They're not going to say, you can't be a witness because, you know, you, you don't have a degree in psychology and you can't, you know, be a profiler like the FBI and understand the mind of a criminal. Why do they invite you as a witness? Because you know something and you saw something. And a lot of us allow the enemy to deceive us and we never step beyond our questions to be a witness because we're caught up in this idea that we need to know it all, that we need to have the answers. Listen, I'm here to tell you something. If you have experienced the forgiveness of Jesus, you've got a story to tell. Somebody say amen. If you're here and he's forgiven you and he's changed you and he's transformed your life, if you've experienced his healing, if you've experienced redemption, you don't need a degree in theology to be a witness. Jesus says, come on, move beyond your questions. Move beyond your doubt and just tell somebody. Pastor, what am I going to tell him? Oh, man. 
Jean Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Cause I got a testimony, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, oh, but now I see, cause my chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has rescued me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. I don't have to have a theology degree. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't need to know when Jesus is coming again. I don't need to know every word in Greek or Hebrew. But what I can do is stand up and move beyond my questions and say, I know someone who changed me, who saved me, who forgave me, who gave me a second start, who gave me a new beginning, and his name is Jesus, and I'm here to be a witness. Somebody give me a witness. Amen? Pastor, that was, that was a good point, but I'm a horrible singer. What am I going to do? <laughs> I can't sing. What am I going to do? Well, let's, let's take a look at this verse because Jesus said you'll be empowered to be a witness. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what it says. But you will, what's the next word? Receive. What's that word? Receive. Receive power when, or another translation says, after that, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Here's the thing. The word receive is a Greek word and it simply means this. It means to take, to get hold of, to accept, or like this, to catch. The Bible says that you will catch, you will take hold of, his power when you've received the Holy Spirit, and that's going to give you what you need to witness. I'm going to explain it this way. You know, um, not long ago, Pastor Wayne and I had to go down into L.A. for uh, an event, and so we were getting ready to leave, and we went to Google Maps, and it said it's going to take you an hour and 10 minutes. How many are going to be thankful when the evil of traffic is gone, and we're in heaven, and there is no traffic? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So we were getting ready to leave, and we needed to kind of get there quick, and, and then finally I was like, hey, you know what we should do? There's this app people keep telling me about called the Waze app. How many have heard of the Waze app? So the Waze app is cool, and here's why it's so cool. When we plugged in, I actually downloaded off the app store the Waze app. I put in the information, and when I put in the information, it showed me my destination, and it gave me how long it was going to be there. Instead of an hour and 10 minutes, it was 48 minutes. And the reason that it works, supposedly, is that people that are driving and going wherever, they're updating on the, at that moment, you know, where there's an accident, where someone's been pulled over by the police, where there's construction. And what it does is it reroutes you to avoid the things that would slow you down. But when I first saw this, and I saw it was only 48 minutes, and I was going to save like 20 minutes, I'm like, what? <laughs> How? 
Is that really going to happen? How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, how are they going to do that? I don't know. I, here's what I was thinking. I don't believe this thing. So then I said, well, I'm going to then, I want to see. I want proof. If you could show me how it's doing, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll let you lead me instead of the Google, Google map. So I kept trying to find the route. But the problem was I couldn't find it on the app. And as I sat there questioning, trying to figure out how it was going to do what it said it was going to do, it went into sleep mode. And here's what's interesting. It wasn't until I started moving that the app started working. Could it be that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning saying, you're standing there with your hands in the air, waving them like you really do care, standing in heaven, staring at heaven, having all of these questions, all of these reasons why you don't think it's going to work, why God can't use you, and you never are moving beyond where you are. And here's the point. You'll never experience the flow of God's power to be a witness until you start to go. So if you don't start to go, you'll never receive or take hold of or experience the flow. So what God's saying to you and I this morning is stop standing there with all your questions, move beyond your questions, have a little bit of faith and just start moving somewhere because as you start to move, God will release the power and you be able to be a witness. Somebody say amen. Let me say it this way. Ready? Write this down. You don't need all the answers to start the journey. Did you know the disciples feel just like we do? They're like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to say. And what did Jesus tell them? Don't worry about what to say because you'll have the Holy Spirit and he will bring to remembrance, he will call to memory what you need to say at that moment. Many of us never experience or receive the power. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives, but that Holy Spirit's not working because we're standing there staring at our app with all of our questions, going nowhere, hindering the divine flow of God's power to make you and I a witness. What's God saying to us this morning? God has called you. He wants you to be a witness. He wants you to share your faith. In fact, the Holy Spirit has been poured out in this church over the last month in an amazing way, but it's not so you can sit back and think about how great it was and think about that word. It's so that you'll have the power to get up out of your seat and start moving and share the gospel and tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. Amen? It's good preaching. Amen, Pastor Jared. Amen. Good word. You see, let me end, end with this, this point. We have what's called the book of Acts. And here's why. Because the disciples heard God when he said, why are you still here? Go. And they went. And as they began to go, the flow came and they received the power of the Holy Spirit and then the Acts of the Disciples, the Acts of the Apostles, that is a whole book of the Acts. Had they never moved where they are, instead of the book of Acts, we would have the book of questions. So here's the question. If we write a memoir of your life, will it be a book of Acts or will it be a book of questions? God wants us to move beyond our questions. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to read now another story that is going to give us our second point this morning. We're going to fast forward in the book of Acts to chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, we'll put it on the screen or you can go to your app on the phone, however you want to do it. Join us online. We'll put it up there for you as well. 
The disciples finally overcome their questions and say, when are you going to come back? When are you going to restore? And they go, wait a minute, we're going to quit asking questions and we're just going to go. And they go back to Jerusalem and what happens? The Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. They receive the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And as they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, then Peter, he, he, he becomes a witness. The same guy who was afraid to even talk about Jesus that hid, really denied him, right? That same guy has the power of the Spirit make him bold. And he stands up, he declares that Jesus is the Messiah, and 3,000 people repent. The church is released. Man, it explodes because as he goes, the power starts to flow to make him a great witness. That's where we pick up now on the story. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Some of you, sometimes we feel like we're, we're doing great just to make it once every two weeks to church. Come on, right? Look at what the apostles are doing. It was part of their routine every day at 3 o'clock to go to the, prayer, to the temple for prayer. Now look, so that's their routine. Verse 3, it says, And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. should underline that. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up, and as he did, look at this, as he did, remember we just learned that the app doesn't work until you start moving, the power doesn't come until you start acting. It says, and as he did, what does the Bible say? I lost my place, I'm trying to find it. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood up on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Peter saw his opportunity, you should underline that too, and addressed the crowd. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. You want the second point? How do we move beyond? Not only do we move beyond our questions, but number two, we have to move beyond our routine. We have to move beyond our routine. What are you talking about, Pastor Jared? Well, here's the deal. Peter and John had a routine. What was the routine? Every day at 3 o'clock, they went to the temple, and as they're walking in, there's a man, by the way, who also had a routine. And the man who was lame, he had a routine, and guess what his routine was? Every day, his mentality was, someone has to take care of me. So my routine is that someone's going to take me, pick me up and carry me because I can't do it on my own and take me to the temple. And when I get there, I'm going to realize I can't live on my own, so I'm going to ask people for money. So every day in their routine, Peter and John are walking up to the temple. This man is sitting there and he's asking them for money day after day after day after day. But here's what's amazing about this story. In the middle of this story, Peter has a Scooby-Doo moment. Oh, Raggy? I had someone tell me last night, Pastor, would you preach a whole message like Scooby-Doo? That would be awesome. I don't think I could do it. It's funny. He had a Scooby-Doo moment, right? This moment of, whoa, wait a minute. Because as he's walking up, 
he sees this man and he stops. And the Bible says that, that he looked intently at him. Later on, it says that he saw his opportunity. These two Greek words together are pretty powerful because the first one in the Greek means to fix your eyes upon, to fasten or to gaze. So he didn't just walk through like he normally does through his routine and just pass by, but he stopped and he took a look. And then the Bible says he saw his opportunity and the word saw is a Greek word which means this. It means to stare at, but it means to discern clearly or to perceive. So here's basically what happens. In the middle of his routine, he saw something different. I'm going to say it this way, because how do we move beyond our routine? Here's what he did. Write this down. He started to think inside the box. Wait a minute, Pastor Jared. I thought it was think outside the box. No, no, no. He started to think inside the box. Here's basically, I believe, what happened. He's walking up to the temple. As he walks up, he sees this man, and then he remembers the words of Jesus. This is my feeling. He remembers the words of Jesus, which said, hey, remember, you're going to go back, and you're going to be a witness, my witness, in Jerusalem. And as he walks up, suddenly he has this moment. He goes, wait a minute. This is my Jerusalem. This is my Jerusalem. Because right below my eyes, right in the path that I take every single day, is someone that needs to hear what I have, that needs to hear my testimony, that God can change them, that God can save them. Right here in the middle of my routine, right here in the middle of my Jerusalem, is the person or the people or the place God is calling me to be a witness. Let me ask you a question. Where is your Jerusalem? Maybe your Jerusalem is sitting at that cubicle next to the person who for the last three years has been struggling because of the divorce they're going through. And they're broken just like this man was broken physically with, you know, he had no strength to walk, but they're broken emotionally or spiritually because of the pain they're walking through. And every day you walk by, every day you walk by and you forget that you've been called to be a witness and that you've got to move beyond your routine and see, wait a minute, maybe this is my Jerusalem. Maybe your Jerusalem is sitting in that classroom with 28 other students that every day you just walk out and can't wait to get done so you can go to lunch. But maybe inside that classroom is a student that needs someone that's been picked on by everybody else to show them a little kindness, or to show them a little bit of love. Where is your Jerusalem? Maybe your Jerusalem is that PTA meeting that you go to and help to, to plan the events for school. You see, God has called us to move beyond our routine and recognize our Jerusalem because right under our nose is someone that is broken, that our witness could change their life forever. I want to tell you a story about someone who moved beyond their routine. I want to talk to you about someone who discovered their Jerusalem. Anybody here know uh, one of our ushers by the name of Henry Gutierrez? All right. People are cheering and clapping, and here's why. Because Henry is such a great guy. He loves God. He's such a servant. He's always there to help. Just a wonderful person. He loves Jesus. And here's what's cool. Not only is Henry here, and let me tell you how Henry got here. Someone recognized they had that Scooby-Doo moment that this is my Jerusalem. And you know who that person was? It was Pastor April Ashburn. Our worship pastor, she was many years ago in charge of refreshments. 
Now, you know, back then, every Friday, she would go to Costco. And when she would go to Costco, she would buy fruit and she'd buy muffins and they would bring them back and refreshments and coffee and get it all ready for everybody to have a little bit of time to mingle and talk and have something to eat. Now, we serve donuts. Anybody love donuts? And by the way, all the calories have been cursed. They're pure protein and they will build your spiritual muscles. I just want you to know. So every Friday, she would go. Every Friday, she would walk by a man in the middle of the routine, standing at the front, smiling, shaking hands, and his name was Henry Gutierrez. And week after week, she walked by, but one week, suddenly, she had a Scooby-Doo moment. One moment, she suddenly saw, wait a minute, this could be my Jerusalem. And she walked over to Henry and she gave him a touch card, which we have touch cards in those programs so many weeks, and that's what it's for. She walked over and said, hey, Henry, I don't know if you have a church, but, you know, I see you all the time and we say hi, but I'd like to invite you to higher vision. Week after week, in the middle of her routine, she moved beyond her routine. One day, Henry came. And when Henry came, he just kind of became part of the family, really committed his life to Christ. Guess what? Now not only is Henry here, but sitting back at that light board is Christina, his daughter, who now does lights for Higher Vision Church. Not only that, her sister, who does media and runs the media booth, Melinda, she's back there as well. They serve in women's ministry. I was outside shaking hands, and a man walked out to me just a couple minutes ago before the la- or after the last service, and he said, Pastor, I just want you to know that I'm here, and I'm saved, and last week I got healed from back problems at the well, and the reason is is because Henry Gutierrez brought me here to Higher Vision Church. Here's the point I'm trying to make. There are people all around us. There are people along our path, along our routine. But because we haven't moved beyond our routine, we walk by them every single day. And what God is trying to say is, I've given you the power of the Spirit so that you will arise and realize that I have called you to give healing and hope right in the middle of your Jerusalem, right in the middle of your routine. God has put people that only you can touch and only you can change. You got to think inside the box. Stop right now for a second. Think inside the box. Who could be the broken person that you walk by every single day that God's called you to bring life and hope? You gotta think inside the box. That's how we go beyond the routine. Can I tell you the second way you go beyond the routine? Before I tell you, you know, when I, when I read this verse, this is what happens in my head. Now, don't judge me, but I'm going to sing you a song we used to sing in junior church because when I hear this part of the story every time, this is what I start singing. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, from Nazareth rise up and walk. He went walking and leaping and... Anybody ever heard of that song? How many are thankful you never heard that song? I get it. I get it. In junior church, we used to sing it all the time. When I, when I think about this verse, when I think about that song, here's the second part of breaking a routine. It's not just thinking inside the box, write this down. It's you learn to give what you have. Here's what Peter said. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I'll give to you. Let me ask you a question. What has stopped you from sharing your faith? What stopped you from, wish, um, from being a witness? Maybe it's the question, or maybe it's that the devil has got you to believe or deceived you to think that you don't have anything to give. So here's the question. What do you have to give? 
Maybe what you and I have to give is a a word of hope to someone who we're always around that seems like they want to quit and they want to give up because life is pushing them down. But your word of encouragement could make the difference. Maybe what you and I can give is a prayer for someone when they've tried everything else. We we give them everything else, don't we? We try to give people what the world gives them, and then they end up empty. What did did Paul or Peter and John say? They said, listen, I don't have what the world has to give you, but let me give you what I've been given. And that is a, a name that is above every other name. That is a name that can heal the sick. That is a name that can forgive your sins. That is a name that can change your destiny. So I'm just going to give you what I have. And what I have is a Savior who has changed me, who has transformed me. Everything I have, I have because of him. What do you have to give? Maybe what you have to give is finances. Maybe you're not called. You're not, not everyone's called to go to the mission field overseas. But God needs resources to send them there. So maybe what you do have is resources that you can commit over the next year to say, I want to help make sure that everyone around the world has heard the message that Jesus saves. I want heaven to do the wave. I don't know about you, but I want heaven to be in a constant party. Anybody want heaven to be in a constant party? It'll never happen until you and I move beyond our questions move beyond our routine. And the way we do that is we got to think inside the box. we got to give what we have, and I'm going to give you the last thought. The way you move beyond your routine is you have to break the cycle. You have to break the cycle. What are you talking about, Pastor Jared? Well, look at what it says. Because this man, when he was healed, the Bible says he was walking, leaping, and praising God. And look what it says. Then he went into the temple with them. That's a whole new thing. Because up until that point, he had a different cycle. Up until that point, his cycle was, well, people got to help me because I can't help myself. I'm a victim. Let me ask you a question. How many people do you know that are in a cycle? Maybe their cycle is there's someone who's always bitter and always upset because things have happened to them, and so they walk in unforgiveness, and they walk in bitterness, and now they're laying at the front of the temple, going nowhere because they're caught up in their cycle. Maybe somebody out there you know is caught up in the cycle of materialism, and all they're caught up in doing is if I can make a little bit more, and I can add another room, and if I can get the better car, and they're caught up, and they're never home for their kids, and they're struggling with their health because of stress, and they're not serving and using their gifts for the kingdom because they're caught up in a cycle. Maybe you're here, and you're caught up in a cycle, just like this man laying at the gate. Reminds me of a story, and I'll kind of bring this to a close with this. You know, every once in a while, our family will go to the beach. Anybody like to go to the beach? All right, well, we will go to the beach, and when we get there, here's kind of the routine. We'll go out, lay out, you know, the blankets, get out the chairs, and here's what happens. My kids, usually Macy, Haley, and Tanner, do their thing, and what do they do? They run to the water, right? And then I do my thing. I set up my chair and get out the fried chicken (laughs) and the chips. Come on. Because when you go, it's about the food. Come on, somebody, what I'm talking about. Forget the waves, it's about the food. Come on. And I got my book. And not only am I a person who's not in the water, but my son Hudson used to be was not in the water. And here's why, because the water's cold. And if you've ever met Hudson, he has no fat on his body. He's lean. He's got an eight-pack, not just a six-pack. He's lean. And because he doesn't have any fat, 
He really didn't want to get in the water. And every time we'd go, here's what I would do. I'd be like, come on, guys, Hudson, get out there in the water and have some fun. And then it occurred to me one day that I wanted him in the water, but I wasn't in the water. And you know why I wasn't in the water? Number one, because I love fried chicken. But I also wasn't in the water because I'm kind of a cold person. I get cold easily, and so the water was cold. And as I was sat there and began to think about it, I had a Scooby-Doo moment. And so finally, I looked at Hudson one time, and I said, Hudson, let's get in the water. He's like, I'm doing my sandcastle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, we're getting in the water. And I stand up, and I pull off my shirt. I've got my swimsuit on. I'm like, let's go. Because you know, when you get in the water, you can't just walk in, right? You got to like run in like a psycho person if you're going to survive. Come on, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, come on, Hudson. And he's like, you know, the moment he's like, charge, you know. We could be running off a cliff. There could be a shark out there, but he doesn't know. He's like, yeah. And so we run into the water. And we're splashing and we body surf. And guess who's the last person out of the water when we go to the beach now? Me. Just. No, I'm teasing. You know who it is? Many times it's Hudson. Here's why. Because the only way he could break his cycle is if I was willing to change my routine. And how many people like you and me are standing there with our hands up, looking in the sky, using all of our excuses, all of our questions as a reason to stay where we are? Or maybe we just haven't had that moment that we've realized that we're in a routine and we're walking by the water every single day and we're missing the waves and we're missing the opportunity because we're caught up in our routine, not realizing that if you and I could just change our routine, we could just recognize our Jerusalem, we could just do something a little bit different, that maybe through you and I showing the love of Christ through our witness could not only change our routine, but changing our routine will break someone's cycle. So that someone who's broken and sitting in front of a temple, that God can change by our change of routine, can change them from a beggar into a believer and change them from a whiner into a witness. Because what happened? This man, he changed from being someone who asked for help to being someone who was jumping up and down and walking and praising and testifying. There's a lot of people that need to witness, but they'll never witness as long as you're caught in your routine. As long as you walk by the people that are right in the middle of your Jerusalem. And I think, I want the the team to come, I think that the reason God has been releasing the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst is not just so that we can rejoice and that we got a word from God for our destiny, which is great and we need to rejoice about that but not just so that we can get excited because someone got healed. Let me tell you, if you get healed here on earth, praise God for that. But here's what I get excited about because this is what heaven gets excited about. I get excited about when someone gets healed, not just for here, but forever. So God's spirit is here to empower each of us to move beyond our questions, to move beyond our routine, and begin to testify I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see my chains are gone. I'm completely free. No longer are the chains of my routine holding me. God has called you and me not to be experts, not to know it all, 
but to give what we have, to share what we've seen and what we know.